You're listening to Super Power Up with multidimensional master, superpower expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Tonya Donrekla. If you're ready to disrupt reality, then sit down, strap in, and prepare to experience the show that proves there is no spoon. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert. And of course, I'm excited. You know, I'm always excited. I don't really talk with people I'm not excited to talk to. So that's the luxury of being uh, free to do your own thing and uh, being the boss of your own show. So today is no exception, folks. We have, well, I'm going to say it, an amazing guest today. She is... Um, She's just brilliant in the sense of, and, and I want to be very clear about this, it's probably not what you expect, which is perfect. And on this show, obviously, you're used to that at this point in time. Um, but we're going to talk today about expanding beyond normal. And, you know, that could take many, many, many different turns. So I want to make sure that we're clear on exactly why I feel like this is such an important topic and why at Superpower Experts, we're constantly discussing this idea of, you know, to stop trying to be normal, right? None of us are designed to be any sort of cookie cutter. So I'm not real sure where we picked up this notion of why, well, actually, I know exactly where we picked it up. But anyway, we don't need to dive into that right now. Um, so the importance of truly, fully and completely and intricately understanding yourself, right, the personhood, so that we can understand ourselves at a higher level to the soul spiritual level so that we can access the universal cosmic soul, God, the divine, all of that fun stuff, right? So there, so people get so confused in this because they think, you know, in the spiritual kind of woo-woo flow sense of things, like you're just supposed to surrender, right? Well, surrender is not abdication. Surrender is being very clear on where you're putting your agency. Well, you can only do that if you're also very clear on where your um, patterns of behavior and programs have designed you to put your agency. So if you're, you're operating, um, like la 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 la, right? Like kind of in an ignorant, naive sense internally, then you're not in a position to say where you're getting your agency from and that or where you're putting your agency. And so it's a really, really complex conversation that seems like it should be very simple and it's really not. And so that's what I'm excited to talk with our guest today. Amazing Robin is um, her, I, I, I can't even possibly do her credibility and bona fides justice, but just think like, government, international CEOs, Hollywood stars and billionaires, right? Just, just, just let that kind of circle around for a second. And, and she's, she's not coming in there to, you know, read their tarot cards, right? She, she's doing a lot more than that in terms of the expansion and being able to read them and see them and help them understand this abstract frequency that we talk about a lot here, where we commune with the divine, where we are the divine, where we walk the world as the divine, and then reconciling all that, right? Like, very concrete reality here and here's the divine and how do we bridge that gap and so that's what we're talking with amazing robin today about um and i'm really excited to share her with you and the synergy that happens when she and i commune and so without further ado please join me in welcoming to the show amazing robin hi guys hi. <laughs> i'm super stoked we're gonna get into some really deep and interesting subjects today i can already tell so let's just bring it on Bring it on. Well, and that's what I love about this format is that it really is clear. Like, like you don't have to do a lot of the caveats where, okay, let me translate this down because, you know, they expect this from us. And so, so we're happy to deliver. Um, and, and the way we deliver that, of course, is our very first question is always, what are your superpowers? Ooh. So I'm going to say, to be honest, and I, I don't normally talk about this so fluently in public, but I have many different superpowers. I don't just have one or two. But the trick is, is once you realize you have one, you develop that and then you seek out others. You can have them all. And that's what pe most people don't realize just yet. So um, when talking about my superpower, I want to say this, that I don't typically just use my superpowers for myself. I use them as a conduit for whoever I'm working with, my client or a group, a, a company, whatever it is. So in that space and in that moment, I call upon the powers of heaven and I ask to be a conduit for their behalf, for their greater good, to see what their greatest potential is, where they're blocked, why they're blocked, how I can correct it, all of that stuff. So in that space, more superpowers will show up. 
and they're different every single time. So I've experienced some supernatural things uh, different from another. Sometimes I'll hear things. Sometimes I'll, I'll get names. I mean, it's just so specific. And then other times I'm seeing, smelling, tasting. Um, but my most specific gift that seems to be pretty consistent is that I'm a seer. I can see why someone has cancer, why it occurred, what happened to them, what they said to themselves, why they don't want to live, how we can correct it. If we can correct it, do I have permission to? Um, why a company is not at their full capacity? What's blocking them? What's the energy behind it? How we can correct it? All of that stuff. So I would say that that's usually my most consistent gift, if that all makes sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. I love it. And the and I love what you had to say about, you know, we can have all the superpowers. We use that lingo a lot in our um, in our construct as well, in the sense that we train people on how to utilize and um, receive the gift of their predisposed superpowers, but recognizing that through the divine and the abstract frequency, we have access to all of them. Um, but because the ones that you're predisposed to or ones that, that, that kind of come to you in certain ways tend to have the challenges first with them because we will learn to use these in service to the divine come hell or high water. Um, you know, you might as well neutralize those and use them as the gift first is kind of our philosophy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're smarter, not harder. Right. Um, so, but you said something really fascinating um, that I think creates a lot of confusion for practitioners and for people when they're awakening and then they, they feel guided to use their gifts and service to other people. And you were talking about permission. Um, and I know people have all kinds of different theories on this. And so you said you ask permission and who are you asking that of? I ask God directly. Um, I have just, through working with thousands of clients, you know, from people from mental stuff to actual physical cancer, Sometimes I have permission to heal things. And, you know, there's sometimes where I always, you know, let me give you an example. I'm all about examples, right? (laughs) So if a client comes to me and they have cancer, the very first thing I do is use kinesiology and my spiritual gifts to, to test if they even want to live. Consciously, they'll always tell me they want to live, that they're trying to fight this. But I'm asking subconsciously and in the energetic space, which could be, you know, very dimensional. And so I'm asking, do they want to live? And it, I would say 98% of the time, it's always no. Mm-hmm. And so then I have to go and ask, is this something that I can shift to change? Where did this come from? When did the moment happen when they decided they didn't want to do this anymore, that they didn't want to live. So then I can scan someone's timeline and feel the exact moment. I know, and I can see it. They got raped or they, whatever happened to them, they were betrayed or um, they were, you know, whatever. So in that moment, I have to go in and that's when I ask the divine, is it appropriate for me to heal this? Do I have full permission on all levels to go in here into the quantum field and upload the right frequencies, Mm -hmm. the right healings, the right everything. And sometimes it's no, and you have to be okay with that. So, but sometimes yes. I'm so glad you said that because I, you know, I'm going to geek out on this for a second because the, you know, the personhood concept is such a tricky one, right? And so people are like, well, I have rights and I have Um, free will and I have all this stuff and it's like well you know I don't know how to break it to you but you really don't have free will you had free will at some point in time and the aspect of you that you typically associate with really has no free will like it's really trapped and until we can see that then you're right in the sense that you can't really ask a person a question if they don't have any idea where their agency is Um, and so it's kind of like asking somebody well if you didn't need to make money what would you do and it's like nobody can fathom that right? It doesn't matter how they respond. It's always based in, well, what's the most enjoyable way I could make money, right? Mm -hmm, And it always goes back to that. Until people are truly free of that construct, they can't respond to that question as the divine would invite them to respond. They they just can't, right? It's, It's just impossible. They have to trace it back to survivability until they're done with that, you know, torturous prison. And so when we ask people, you know, do I have permission to heal you? Like, yeah, 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 heal me, heal me, right? Well, what are they really looking for? They're looking for relief. And a lot of times, you know, from the higher aspect that equates to death, but they're, but you're right, they, it seems too um, selfish, defeatist, whatever the case may be to, to voice that. And, and I found the same thing. Um, I'm not quite as formalized in that process as you are. 
Um, however, I have found myself at the deathbed of, of various people and, and saw the exact same thing was like, ultimately, they're, they're not interested in living yet. Their words are saying something else. And a lot of times right. it has to do with our obligatory relationships. Um, right. and, and I had a really um, intense experience last year that had us in the ER quite a few times. And just it's just one of those you know, fun adventures we get to go on. And, mm-hmm. and I remember looking at my husband and, and I, I stared him in the face. And I said, I know what it is you want me to do. And I can't give you that right now. Um, and I, but I understand and I feel you and I appreciate it, but this isn't what you think it is. And, um, and just had to be very clear because I mean, even 12 years ago when we met, I was very clear with them, like, I, this is what I'm doing, and nothing's going to veer me off track. I'm happy to walk beside you as long as we're able, um, and I'd love the challenge of seeing if we can entwine that and walk toward oneness together, but that's the mission. That's what I'm doing, and, mm-hmm. and nothing will veer me off course. I, I may falter, you know, quite a yeah. few times, but that's, that's what's happening here, and so in, in light of that, if you're in it for the journey, then everything has to be run through that filter. And we can't look at death as being this horrible thing. Um, But that takes a lot of um, expansion, if you will, right? We're talking about expanding beyond the normal. And so it's beyond the death conversation. It's beyond the disease conversation. It's beyond the body experience. It's beyond all of that. And, you know, so it's challenging for some people to be able to fathom that. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I mean, especially, you know, when it's a child, um, Mm -hmm. I've had to work, you know, cases where it's a kid and I, I didn't have permission and, and it wasn't necessarily like from the divine, but it was just the, the full orchestrated illusion with the parents, everything, you know, some people won't do what it takes and, and and it takes work and it's, it's not just a quick fix. You know, sometimes it is every so often it, it is a quick fix. Um, but a lot of times it's a whole unit of suffering with when it's a child, it's the parents, it's a, so much stuff. And when you see that everybody's not a willing participant, energetically, spiritually, mentally, physically, subconsciously, all of that, it just can't take place. And those hands down are the most devastating. And, um, and but it ends up, you end up seeing such great, miracles and understanding and development that takes place after though. Um, well, and that's what I was going to challenge you on a little bit is like, is it really devastating? Like it's devastating through a filter and the, that filter requires that we all make the assumption that we're motivated by the same things and that the end goal is what we think it is. And it's never what most people think it is. It, it's, right. it's in service to the larger tapestry. And when you can hit that vantage point, there's nothing devastating, right? It just is. It's like, it's beautiful. That's true. That's true. When you've done the work and you're on that level of development, yes, absolutely. But even for people that have done development or um, are awakening to their spiritual gifts, it, this is a very difficult thing when you're talking about with children, but most people aren't at that level. And even if they are going through an experience like that brings them right back to the very lowest frequency possible. It yeah. just, it tries and tests everything. It's the most refining mm-hmm. process. <laughs> yeah, it's so, coming out one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. You're good. So, I mean, it. it's a roller coaster. So yeah. if they, it's hard for someone to hold that space and to hold the knowledge, mm-hmm. to hold the frequency, to hold the faith um, in situations like that, whether it's a child or just personal stuff. I mean, that's just, that's just how it works. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, obviously folks, we have a lot to discuss. We're going to need to take a break, but before we do, Robin, where can people go to find out more about you? Well, thanks for asking. So I have a website of www.amazingrobin.com, but it's Robin with the Y. That's where most people get a little lost. So Robin with the Y, amazingrobin.com. Beautiful. Well, we are talking with Amazing Robin today. We're talking about expanding beyond normal. When we come back, I'm going to ask you about Amazing Robin and how that came to be and what that's all about for you. So folks, Stay with us and we'll dive even more deeply and learn how you can start walking yourself toward a very, very different perspective even now. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. And we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. 
because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. All right, we're back. You're listening to the Superpower Up Network. This is the Disrupt Reality series that I'm very excited about. And we've been talking with amazing Robin about expanding beyond normal. And before the break, we hit on, well, goodness, all kinds of fun stuff around having all the superpowers and, and, you know, how you really seek permission and who we're seeking permission from when we move into healing modalities. Um, and we learned that Amazing Robin has a website, amazingrobin.com. And so, you know, that's a little unusual that, that you'd be walking around calling yourself Amazing Robin. How did that come to be? <laughs> it's funny. I now introduce myself that way and, and it causes such a reaction in people. Either they're, it's about my <laughs> ego or they think it's kind of funny, right? Um, oh, so none of the above. I think that we're all amazing. I don't think there's anything special about me. I think everybody equally has the same amount of gifts and abilities that I have. Um, so like at our retreats at the end, we're all amazing and we introduce ourselves that way. But, um, through the years, people, after they would work with me, they kind of branded me that way. And they'd be like, Oh, you got to meet a Robin. She's amazing you know, amazing Robin. And so I just kind of got branded that way. And then it, I just thought it was kind of cute. It also made people remember me well. So, um, but it's not about ego whatsoever. Mm, I love it. Well, it's, it's funny because we battled the same thing when we got the guidance for the whole superpower thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Right. I was never, ever into that paradigm, not really keen on it. And then of course the messaging was so clear that it really is a brand designed for mass consumption. Right. And, and then of course the expert thing. And so, you know, we laugh because that's, that's our model our models, all collaborative and everything else. But it's, but it is based on the idea that, that we're all experts or have the potentiality to associate with that aspect of ourselves if we so choose. Um, and so it's a great example of when you look at something from one frequency lens, it means this. And when you look at something from another frequency lens, it, it means something totally different. I, you're reminding me, I, um, I remember when I first met Gary, um, Gary Douglas from Access Consciousness and the place that I was sitting in at the, that time is still like that discerning mind, you know? And, and I remember like, well, what do you mean by conscious? Like, I just couldn't get over, like, I couldn't even really accept or hear or adopt anything that, that they were talking about because I wasn't sure which box to put them in. Like, do I want to follow this? Do I want to believe in this? Do I want to entertain mm -hmm. this? Right. That, that kind of, um, threat analysis, if you will. And, um, and so I remember like having the audacity to walk up to me like, well, how do you define consciousness? Right. And the look that he gave me was just like, huh? Like, 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 just like, don't, don't bother the, you know, it, it, it was, it was, it was not impolite, but I got the, the message in the sense of like, wow, I'm totally off base on this. And, and, you know, of course, fast forward years later when I've had him on the show and I'm like, uh, <laughs> let me atone for something right here. Like not that he <laughs> lost any sleep over it, but it was like, I could just clearly see what happens when, we're not in trust and we're not in faith. And when we, when we operate, you know, most people think they still, they make decisions from their mind and um, that's their experience of it. And when you can help people see like it, it's done, like it's already happened, like what are you going to experience of it? And, and at least in my estimation, the only thing we really have choice over is just how painful do we want to make the process, right? How, how beautiful do we want it to be and how painful? Because when we set out to control the details, you know, that's coming from a very specific personhood aspect of us. When we are able to relax into the overarching kind of perspective on it, it's like you, that's where you walk on water, right? That's where you're in the world, but not of it. That's where you're able to be. Um, and, and it's not that the chaos calms down at all. It's just you're not immersed in it. You're kind of like observing. You're above it. And even when your body's in the middle of it, it's like that doesn't have to be your experience. And so I think it's really important that we normalize things like that and 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 i i liken your amazing robin kind of concept to that in the sense of like so what like like get over it and and let's embrace the brilliance and the miraculous in it instead of sitting there and you know breaking down or tearing apart 
the um, potential threat in it, if you will. Yeah, I think that there's so many out there that are super freaky cool. And, you know, the society and this worldly image that we need to, you know, keep it on the down low. (laughs) I just think it's going, it's BS. And I I think we should really claim our divine awesomeness. And so I I do. And I just think it, it took me a long time. I thought it was kind of funny at first, but now I, you know, I truly feel that way about myself and it took me a long time. But not mm-hmm. just about myself, about everybody. Um, mm-hmm. I really see the potential of everybody if they allow me to, of course. But mm-hmm. uh, there's just—I mean, there's some people that are just amazingly powerful, and they're just sleeping giants. And it, it, the whole work of what I do is just amazing. So that's that's really where it comes from. So you just said something. You said if they allow me to. I, I want to dissect that also. Like, what would be an example of where? somebody or something would prohibit you from seeing their divine brilliance? Okay. That's a great question. Uh, There's a lot of people who are very, um, they've been hurt a lot. They're very protected. You know, people who have suffered a lot of abuse um, that ends up becoming kind of their identity, but then they create this atmosphere in their energetic field. Um, where they don't want, well, they think that they don't want people to see inside of them to see how damaged they are or whatever. Um, Does that prohibit your seeing? Yeah, um, I can. It's just, it's inappropriate for me to just take a look when people aren't giving me permission. But then there are people who like, say I go to a grocery store and they're just standing next to me. And I know the reason why she has cancer is because of self-hatred and how much she hates on herself daily. And, you know, then there are people who are very, I've noticed with very strong, um, dependent, independent women um, and men as well, that they have this kind of uh, persona, like they're very protected. They don't, they do not give permission for people to just read them. And so I don't, I, you know, there's, there's just a big difference. So even when I'm reading someone or I work with someone, so an average client, let's just say they come to me. The only thing that I know about them is their name. I don't allow people to tell me anything about them. I ask their name and I ask for their permission. But even when I'm in there, they're only giving me permission on certain levels. And then when I get in a little bit deeper, I ask them again, are you willing to allow me to see you or see your heart or see this on all levels, all dimensions, all time, all space, known and unknown to you? And that's when I get into a whole different level of healing. Um, so it's just, it's just, you have to meet people where they're at. It's not appropriate. Like I'll go to events and there'll be like some woo woo psychic or medium or whatever. And they're just like regurgitating it out to everybody. And I think it's highly inappropriate. And first of all, you know, you don't know where that person's at. You don't know what they're willing to receive and you're doing it for your ego. You're doing it to show your worth and value to the world. Like, oh, look what I can do. And it comes off that way. And sometimes you can really create a lot of damage. And I just don't think it's appropriate when you have never give, you've never asked for permission. So that's a big thing for me. That's really fascinating. So, so why I'm fascinated with this is because I 100% agree with what you're saying there towards the end that it's there is a responsibility to, to these gifts and, and I have seen them wielded in really inappropriate manners. The, but I've never had the experience of not being able to see the divine brilliance in everyone. Um, and so it's interesting to me. I think that possibly what it connects into is um, the di- okay, what's the word? Different um okay how i'm seeing it is like there's layers mm-hmm. so it feels to me and you can just run this through your stuff if it, it, it feels to me like the work that you're doing exists in a very specific like it crosses all things of course but but where you're impacting has a kind of specific feel to it and then what i'm seeing is um like i'm not always called in to do anything about it like like Right. I, kind of the way that I reconciled it early on. And again, a lot of praying, a lot of connecting. And folks, this is this is why these conversations are so important. Like I don't do things like Robin does them, right? My guidance is not Robin's guidance. And so be really careful mm-hmm. what you're taking on 
that may not be for you because if I held that belief, I can name at least 10 situations where I would have been operating outside of the bounds of what I'm guided to do if I sought permission from the personhood. And I don't, I don't meet people where they're at ever. I mm-hmm. always, always, always hold the higher frequency and, um, and speak to that and with that almost to the confusion of the person. Um, and, and it's, that's just the work. And so it's really fascinating to, um, and I encourage all of you to use a process of introspection. So listen, right? Listen is Robin speaking and say, okay, that's, there's nothing in what Robin's saying that sounds not congruent for her and what, and real and true and everything else and what she's doing. Take it in and go, okay, is there information that's for me? Is there guidance for me? Is there something I should be looking at a little bit differently? Am I overstepping bounds? Like, where is this hitting me in my body? Where am I feeling this? You know, but, and then go, okay. And we don't skip that step and just go to, oh, la, we just do things differently. Like there's value in the introspection, but Mm -hmm. always, always, always take it back to what's yours. And my experience is very different. Like I always only see people in their highest and I'm only ever called to um, commune with them in a lower space if that's where they're stuck. Right. But yeah, I I never ask permission for me. It's like the, um, well, we're t- I think we're talking about two different things. Mm-hmm. That's what I was. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. So you know, there's a difference between me seeing someone's divine um, brilliance, like you're talking about. That yes, that's always able to be seen. But I'm talking about like when people are being read. Like I have the ability where I can read what what they're crying out for at night, what they're yearning for. I mean, what their their deepest desire, what they're crying for, what they're blocked in. Um, their sadness, you know, all of that stuff. Um, so it, there's different levels to that and there's different uh, capabilities to read that. I could just sit there and tap into people. Uh, you know, the, most of the time people are wearing that stuff on their sleeve and I can just do that. But it, it's not appropriate for me to just tap in and know everybody's kind of baggage um, unless they're really seeking that out. But also, it, you know, it protects me. Because when I am, am tapping into people like that and I see all of those things, it starts to pull, pull me from what I'm doing. You know, I cannot just take a look and see what someone's yearning for and not call upon it for them, not sit there and pray intensely for them, not, you know, give them everything of my energy to, to give them the things that they desire and need or to change their frequency, whatever it is. So it's hard. So I can get pulled in that. I can be in a room with 300 people, you know, for speaking and then I'm focused on the one. And so I try to really, um, I don't give away my gifts anyway, uh, for people who aren't seeking them out. And so, or seeking out healing, seeking out change. It's like, it's a manipulation and there's good and bad manipulations. And so just because somebody's sick at church, let's just say, you know, I see this a lot, like somebody's sick at church and you want to bring them a meal. And a lot of times there's a good manipulation in that. Like you want them to think, oh, I'm a great cook. They're going to think I'm righteous. They're going to think I'm such a good Christian, you know, things like that. So I'm always looking to see what is it that's behind this. You know, am I truly coming from the right intention? And I have to evaluate and that takes time. Do you see what I'm saying? So just on a fly-by walk at an event when I'm next to someone, I try not to just go deep into someone like that. I always see someone's um, beauty and their divine love and all of who they are to God. Absolutely. But I think I misunderstood something you said because I knew that that I, I felt and resonate with the it was. I thought you said that you see their divine gifts and brilliance when they let you. And that's what threw me off. So perhaps I just misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, oh, what was I going to say? Um, sometimes people are just seeking and they kind of put off that frequency where you know right away. But then there are some times where um, the spirit, you know, like, you know, the divine spirit prompts you to do things, to say things, to approach or whatever. And I never deny that anymore. I used to. I mean, that's a scary thing when that starts happening. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you learn over time to be obedient because incredible things happen when that's that's the case. Well, and for, you know, for everyone listening, and of course, remember, this happens differently for everybody. And for me, the permission thing went out the window the second I fully committed to doing this work. And the, 
very clearly my guidance was if they're following, if they, if they find you, then, then there, there's, there's resonance there. And so I don't go looking for them. In fact, I was hyper resistant early on in that practice. Um, and now it's, it's, it's almost as though the, um, and again, it, I, I equate it to oneness, right? When you're operating in that space, then it's, everything's just clear, right? Like, like the, the normal quote unquote, right? The, those rules don't apply anymore because you're not dealing with people. You're dealing with their higher aspect. And then obviously in the integration, the embodiment and the real work comes into, um, dealing with the people, but we have a lot of amazing coaches and practitioners who do most of the integrative work with our folks. So um, I have the luxurious position of just being able to see everybody's divine brilliance and, and, and relishing in that until I'm called into deeper work with them. Um, but it's not very often anymore. It's kind of interesting. Um, you're kind of taking me back. That's pretty, uh, I just wasn't going to stay there. My work was something different. And so, um, so, but listen, folks, listen to this, like, to me, these conversations don't happen enough where, where people are willing to say, oh, like, that's not really how I interpreted that. Like, that's not my practice. You know, why would you be getting different guidance? Like, why, why is this mm-hmm. working? And, and it's so incredibly important that we stop putting ourselves in these boxes and expect ourselves to fit. They're not going to fit. And the boxes typically are designed to keep us feeling some sort of safety. But again, it's a false sense of security. Um, Let's dive really quickly because I know that one of the more interesting intersections you and I have is our government experiences. And so I want to ask you, or I'm going to ask you about that. The, um, you know, my experience with it was, uh, you know, as you all know, is the counter intel kind of espionage arena. And with that, we worked with some of the first remote viewers. And, um, and so, so we know how the government works with things that, you know, perhaps it's not always willing to admit. Um, and so what was your experience with that? Well, I, I became kind of a doom and gloom expert, unfortunately. Uh, it's, it's like I got branded as the doom and gloom girl. But for years, um, you know, just because I'm spiritually gifted doesn't mean that I don't do the work. I'm, you know, well studied and I study a lot of different um, scriptures, mixing scriptures, just deeper doctrines. Um, all the way from, you know, Native American to Mayan traditions and culture. And, you know, there's everything that I can get my hands on. And so I became kind of this expert when it came to, you know, the second coming or the Mayan calendar, the apocalypse, uh, 2012, that was a huge thing, right? And so people would call me in, governments would call me in to help them prepare for catastrophic events. And so Uh, because I'm a seer, I can see and test where people, what they need to prepare for. So typically the way I see it is I am not getting so much different information than you're getting. I'm just hearing it a little bit louder than you uh, because I've developed that skill set. So I will hear what you're already getting and you're just not paying attention to. And so I pull that information from them, from an individual, from a group or from a government or whatever the the task is and see what they're not seeing or hearing. And so Mm. um, I did a lot of survival communities, um, bunkers, off-grid kind of uh, systems, things like that, firearm survival training um, for individuals, for families, for organizations, for churches, for uh, governments. Um, and so I've worked on just really large projects for that, preparing, uh, coming up with worst case scenarios and then training them for that. So that was a big thing for me is I wouldn't just tell them, but we would provide training um, for those scenarios. And the cool thing about that is even though that had a lot of doom and gloom to it, um, the more you train people and the more you prepare them for those things, the fear goes away. And then the frequency changes and then they can focus on, you know, the good side of things. The way I tell people is, look, if there's like a 10 point catastrophic earthquake, then that means there's a 10 point catastrophic, beautiful miracle that's that's life changing, life altering and world altering. So there's amazing things that are all happening at the same. There's complete um, yin yang opposition in those things. So, but nobody really wanted to focus on the, on the cool stuff, on the good stuff. Um, Shocking. Right. So I became that doom and gloom kind of person because that's all people got fixated on for years. Oh um, and so I was featured all around the world in Discovery and National Geographic. I've done so many films about 
2012 or the Mayan calendar and things like that. But, you know, those things get taken out of context. And um, so I just decided that I wouldn't do it anymore. There's a very low frequency in that. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't um, facilitate healing and, and awareness and awakening and divine. There's a lot of fear and, um, and preparation of that. So I, I totally got out of that industry and got out of doing it for the private sector and went into the public. Now I typically work with um, CEOs, people who have really, you know, in most of the world's eyes have had success, but they're still mm-hmm. not at a level of completeness and happiness for no damn reason. Well, that's what I thought to me, that's success when you're happy for no damn reason. That's I love it. Perfect. And so that's really my agenda now. And that's what I like to focus on. So, and developing other I, spiritual gifts. I'm dying over here because God is not without a sense of humor. And mm-hmm. I, I'm like, really? Like my first book was called Watch Assess React War. Uh, it's the ultimate guide to personal power and safety. And I talk about shooter situation. Basically, I was talking about my experience as a female counterintel agent, right? And then every fun thing that goes along with that. And the original kind of... Um, my first kind of entrepreneurial outreach was in exactly what you're talking about. Uh, Not to the extent you're talking about, I was in it for a very short time, but discovered everything that you're speaking to, which is like, okay, can do this. And and then Justin and I together discovered that in um, when we first rolled out the risk mitigation due diligence kind of thing. And we um, got um, referred out a lot for the, um, you know, just, just the, just the, this person did this to me, like the vendettas and all that stuff and, or, or wanting to, you know, surveil people just because we're nosy or, you know, the security, like I'm not safe in the world kind of perspective. And, Mm -hmm. and it's good. I mean, it was good to traverse that. Like we've learned a lot. It's a lot that we're able to apply now at a much higher frequency. Um, but I'm, I'm just dying. I'm like, of course, you know, it's, it's, I love the parallels. I love the symbolism and they never cease to amaze me. Um, and, and to me, it's just all indicative of the beautiful, brilliant design that we're, we're a part of, you know, and, and so it, it's, you know, folks, part of this conversation is how do you, you know, most of you have some sort of background in a very kind of traditional, linear, more masculine energy um, in, in industry that, um, you know, whether it be academia or corporate or government, like, like that's most of us who find ourselves um, attracted to these concepts, have some sort of background in that, and then got called into using that that very um, foundational, stable kind of um, dictated um, personas in in skill sets in in service to something else. Um, and and sometimes bridging that is challenging. And so a lot of what Robin does is, is translate that, right? How do you how do you do that? Because that's what she did, right? She modeled that, and so. The um, I love your examples of, of it's great to have success in a certain paradigm, but that's not all there is. And I find, too, you know, the work that we all do, the more people are standing at that threshold and they don't understand why kind of money's going away or success is going away or relationships are going away or health is going away. Like things just aren't quite working like they did before. No. And if we don't understand this continued evolution that we're a part of. Then, then it is really um, unnerving. And of course, the collective carries all of the crucifixion stories and drowning stories and burned at the stake stories and all of the <laughs> things that happen if you dare to live as the divine here. And then, and, and, and then we think, oh my gosh, like, that's great. Like, but I'm wealthy now. And if I, if I do this work for the divine, I'm going to have to go broke, right? Because we can't, we can't have money and do the divine's work. Like, that's just not going to happen. And so we have all of these ridiculous notions in our collective conscious and we don't realize how much they govern our choices, or if you can call them choices, but at least what our perspective is on things and what our motivations are. And, and so it's really important that you stop and get clear on what's, what's driving you, like what is actually calling the shots? What voice are you listening to? Is it an internal voice or is it where you access spirit and are able to hear the divine, hear God dictate, you know, what comes next for you? Um, I just, I highly recommend that practice folks, because uh, over time, it gets just downright painful to exist any way else. Um, and, and I, you know, I said on one of the shows here recently, you know, resist, resistance used to be futile. Now it's just painful. And it's like, I just don't bother. Like, it, it's just not worth it. And it's not what you think it is. Like, it's not abdication. It's not, it's not weak, right? It's the most active thing, the most powerful existence. But you just get really clear on the fact that it's not you right you're just you're part of a much bigger whole and that whole is exponentially more powerful 
Mm-hmm. Um, and when you can kind of grip that, and, 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 and I know it's confusing, like on one side of the coin, it's very confusing. And then as soon as you cross that threshold, it's like, oh, that makes total sense. But it makes no sense, right, from the other filter. Yeah. Um, so, so Robin, well, I promised folks that they'd have a way to kind of implement this stuff. What, so based on all that confusion that I just like bleh, all over the place, what, what can people do to start making sense of that for themselves and, and walking themselves toward this position that you hold? Well, I'm glad I was like, let's, let's talk about this. So there's a lot in there. And I think right now, a lot of people are, are starting to awaken. And so here, here's the very first thing to start with is that, do you have the desire? Is there something in you that secretly desires to have spiritual gifts? Is there a desire in you that secretly wants to like talk face to face with God or put your hands on something and heal it or you know, those desires that you're not really talking about or sharing with the world because it's not currently you or it is you and you want to take it to another level, whatever it is, but it all starts there to having the desire. If it, you, if it wasn't already in you, then you wouldn't have the desire, even if it was secretly. And so if the desire is there, it's because it's already been implanted. It has a lot to do with who you were before you even came to this world and who your this whole divine journey is in the eternities. So first you need to seek it out and how you can seek it out is there's, that's what I really want to talk about in a little bit more detail is first people need to figure out where their hot spot is. Okay. If we were to ask 50 people in a room where all of their dead zones are, when they're driving home on their cell phone, every single one of them would tell us exactly where that spot is. If they're on a conference call, they know they're going to drop off on that call. Okay. Everybody knows where those spots are, but nobody can tell me where their personal dead zones are and their, and their hot spots are. Meaning where are they the most spiritually connected and where are they dropping off? What kind of environment, situation, mental, all of it, you know, they, they're not paying attention to all of it. So for me, I ha- you know, I go on like spiritual quests. I go into the woods. I go and I fast and I go camping by myself. I go to high peaks and I just have conversations with God on top of mountains sometimes. But that's if I'm really looking for something supernatural. Other times I'm just talking to the divine like I'm talking to you and I'm seeking it out. I'm saying, hey, look, I have this desire to heal things. I have this desire to, um, to be prophetic. I have the desire to... Um, show, tell someone what I saw about them. You know, can you tell me how to use this? Show me how to use this. Show me what it is. Show me how you want me to use this. I mean, it's about asking the right questions so you get the right answers and really seeking it out. And if you don't even know if God's real, that's totally cool too. So then you just go to God and say, hey, I don't even know if you're real. Like, I don't know who you are. I don't know who you are, where you are. I don't know about any of this stuff. But I, if you are, I want to know. Yeah, and I don't know how me. that's going to come. So just show me, you know, and just oh really gosh. have it out and have a real conversation with all of the energetic quantum fields that are around you and see what shows up. And then you mm. got to start testing it. Did that feel good? Did that not feel good? Did I feel highly connected when I did that? Did I feel like I was in a dead zone? Um, you know, and start paying attention to those telltale signs. Um, and then another way I always recommend to everybody is to learn when they're very first starting out in this kind of work and, and developing those, those hot spots or, or getting revelation, downloads, promptings, all of that stuff, is to learn how to muscle test in a way that works for them. And muscle testing by far can teach people how to get confirmation of things that they're experiencing. And so like in retreats, we all muscle test one way and then I, I pair people in threes. So one person's being the facilitator, the healer with all of their gifts. One person is being worked on and then the other person is confirming that they're both dead on with muscle testing. So you get constant confirmation that you're being led and guided in the right way. And so it helps to build people's confirmations, their confidence in their gifts. Um, and so that's, that's kind of like using training wheels on a bicycle. You know, it's a good way to learn. And then eventually you'll learn that you don't really need those tools. You're just in this frequency. You're in the knowing with God. You're just in the space where you don't have to go to a secret closet, get on your knees or anything like that. You're already connected. But through the process, 
you have to really experiment with God. You have to experiment with the energy, experiment with the quantum field, experiment with the universe and what all of that means. And none of it's wrong. All of it's good. All of it's going to lead you to where you need to be, but you have to seek it out from that desire. Yeah, this is not a passive game, folks. Nobody just accidentally stumbles onto this stuff. Like you really have to want to do it. And and it's there aren't shortcuts, but you certainly can be supported and you can be guided. You can be held. You can be, you know, we we can make it more smooth. We can make it more enjoyable. Like there's all kinds of things that that you can get support in, but but it's your path. You have to walk it. Nothing's going to veer you off of it forever, but you might take some detours and then, you know, fall on some rocks and all kinds of other stuff. But it, you know, it, that's the inevitability of it all. And I, you know, I describe it as being in a constant state of prayer and it, but it's, you don't just happen into that folks. I mean, you might during the awakening phase, it's like all of a sudden now all you can hear is God's voice. But trust me when I say that you will have to work through everything that's stored inside of you, all of the program, everything, because mm-hmm. anything that's not that can't stand. That's the squeezing through the eye of the needle and you can't take it with you. Like everything goes, anything that you think is um, something that you depend upon for your safety, your security, your sanctuary, your peace, your happiness. All of it comes under scrutiny to include our spousal relationships, our child relationship, everything. And it's, you know, when, when you're faced with that, you know, you, we talked earlier in the show about, you know, the death of a child and everything else. Like it's not, nothing is so special that it's outside the bounds of um, this journey and, and everything that we pride ourselves on in our, in our personhood and in our, in the, in the world um, has to be brought up into that divine frequency and seen through different eyes. And ultimately you see it's all fleeting and it all, it all passes, but that doesn't mean we can't enjoy it. Right. I have a remarkable existence. I'm happy for no damn good reason at all, all the time. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's this uh, availability of that bliss that we all dream about, but really do you have the courage to step into it and, and, and what you're losing along thing the is, way is the attachments. And so I love what you said about God, do you exist? Do you exist? You know? And so even with belief, do what Robin's talking about. Just say, I don't know that I believe that sounds fun. I'd kind of like to believe it. And so just talk, stop for a moment. And if, if talking to the divine or talking to God is too much for you, imagine like talking, talk to your higher self for a little bit, right? Have a segue. If you like angels, talk to an angel, you know, if you like whatever it is that kind of gets you into a different space and gets you closer to that, then, 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 then just expand as far as you can. Um, and, and don't go out of your comfort zone for too long. Like if, if, if you, if you venture into that and it's like, oh my gosh, this is kind of cool, but oh my gosh, it's kind of scary. And oh my gosh, da, 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 da. like be gentle with yourselves, folks, mm-hmm. be loving. Like we're talking about complete disruption of your reality to the point where when you, you, you get real comfortable with things like reworking themselves in front of your eyes, you know, staring at something and denying its existence. Like, but that's, that doesn't, that doesn't have to happen right now. There's a reason why we wake up slowly and you're, you're given what you're able to hold. And sometimes it's abrasive. Sometimes there is friction, but sit in the friction, sit in the abrasion and be willing to process through it. And these techniques that Robin's outlined, I think are just brilliant. I love the idea of like, I don't know if God exists. I, I don't even know what that means, you know, but how are you going to know if you don't even entertain it and start opening yourselves up to that? Yeah, we need to, we need to keep it real and, and, and get out of the traditions and the cultures of things and just have a, a real honest conversations with ourselves out loud and, and then invite, you know, if there is the divine, then, then say, Hey, if you're there, if you're real, then, then talk about it. I was telling my husband, like, if I was to, you know, go out and have an affair, I would come home immediately and talk to God about it. Like there would be no secrets. Um, I am just completely honest and, and bold about who I am. And um, not that I have affairs. I'm just saying, you know, most of the time the people, when they, when they screw up, they instantly want to hide. They feel like they cannot be that honest with things. And so, uh, you know, to me, that's the worst case scenario. And I would come home and immediately talk to God about it. But if I'm also having a faith crisis, then uh, I'm honest about that too. If I'm pissed Mm -hmm. at God, I'm honest about that, you know, and I'm having it out and I have those conversations. And I think too often we're just kind of thinking the things and then never really getting it out of us. Um, verbally and getting it out of our minds and in our fields. Um, well, it's a relationship for sure. And you have to be willing to work it. One of the best pieces of advice Justin and I got in our premarital counseling was that marriage is a verb. 
And the same is true with your relationship with God or the divine or whoever it is that you resonate with. You have to work it. You have to be willing to have it be an active principle in your existence. Otherwise, you're not going to get the fruits of that. Um, Robin, you and I could talk for eons probably about these topics and everything else. I'm sure that we'll have many more conversations, um, but we do need to wrap up. So where? let's remind people again where they can go to find out more about you. So my website is amazingrobinwithay.com. And if you guys go onto my website, I will have a free offer where people can get a, a free intuitive call. And I'll tell you where you there's something where that's really blocked, where something isn't healed and what's keeping you from your potential. I'm happy to do that for people that are especially in this like-minded market from this type of podcast. I just love that. So let me know how I can help you with anything that you're seeking out at this time. Beautiful. Yeah. If that resonates with you, if you're listening to Rob and you're like getting lit up by this, that's an indicator, folks. If you're just, "Mm, I don't really know and I'm a little curious and I'm not really sure, do it. Follow your curiosities. Those are indicators and signs. You know, go to her site, take her up on her offer because you don't know what you don't know, folks, and start opening yourselves up, right? Expanding beyond normal. You have to start somewhere and, and, and she's a safe space for you to start that with. So, so, so have some courage, venture into that. And I know you all are. I do. I know you're trying. Like, like we know you're listening. We know it matters. And we appreciate you so much for having the courage even to just listen to something like a crazy superpower up network where we're talking about superpowers and God and all kinds of whatnot. And, um, you know, it just, it cracks me up and it's so yummy and delightful. And um, my wish for you all, if I could be so bold and, and egotistical, is, is that you would just relax into that also and and have fun and explore and recognize that fear comes from the grips that we have on what we think are keeping us safe. And when we start to tear those away, real magic happens. So Robin, I I can't thank you enough. Big, big, big hug and loves to you. Loves and hugs and hugs and loves and all plural. You can have it all. And um, really, really appreciate you sharing your brilliance on the show. I feel like, do you have a a last minute kind of thing that you wanted to, that I feel like I cut you off short no, there. Would you no, like to okay. say something else? No, I mean, if there's anything I could ever say, it's just to seek out your gifts and you can have them all. Definitely. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Great parting words. All right, folks, you know, you know the drill. Go out, uncover your superpowers and change the world. Take care, everyone. Till next time. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.